Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaikul. PJM Interconnection, the nation's largest power grid operator, put out a new plan on Friday to reduce the risk of blackouts during extreme weather events. Basically, for years, clean energy advocates have said that power markets overvalue natural gas in particular, which is the dominant resource on the U.S. power grid. But time and time again, it has failed to show up when the power system needs it the most. So this is an effort to really, for the first time, kind of try to fix that problem for the power grid. That's Politico's Catherine Morehouse, and she's reporting that the reaction to this new PJM plan so far has been mostly positive. Both fossil fuel and renewable power generators, along with environmentalists, are showing support for the plan. Still, there's some pushback about whether the plan appropriately penalizes power plants if they don't get the job done during high periods of stress on the grid. So today, we chat with Kat about the good and bad of PJM's new plan to keep the lights on, why it's coming now, and more. It's Tuesday, October 17th. So I'll start by saying that this is a very comprehensive plan. It spans more than a thousand pages in total across two different filings, but our coverage focuses largely on the region's attempt to respond to the very difficult circumstances that they and others have faced last year with Winterstorm Elliott. And we've actually seen several major winter events over the past decade that have pushed the grid really close to forced outages in some cases. And of course, in Texas two years ago, actually caused blackouts in a way that was very devastating. And there are a lot of factors at play that lead to tightened grid conditions. But one piece that clean energy groups in particular have said has not been adequately addressed is the performance of gas plants during these storms. There are a lot of complicated reasons why gas plants don't always show up when they're supposed to. But the bottom line is that time and time again, these power plants that are supposed to be 24-7 dispatchable resources were not showing up when called upon despite being committed to this capacity market. So one of the biggest things that this plan does is it looks at every resource and it essentially assigns a capacity value to that resource based on its performance throughout the year. So resources like coal and nuclear that perform quite well all year round receive higher accreditation while gas was a bit lower for the first time and other resources like wind and solar might see some lower accreditation as well. Got it. And interestingly, you note that this plan has earned support from environmentalists, clean energy groups, and fossil fuel power plant owners alike, an unusual trio. Why has their reaction been so positive? So for clean energy groups, this is a really big deal because even though this we might see some lower payments for resources like solar in particular, those resources were already kind of facing this accreditation process, and groups always felt that this process was unfair and spent more time basically trying to assign value to wind and solar resources, which we know are more variable, while ignoring some of the shortfalls of natural gas-fired plants, despite evidence, again, that they were not performing during winter months in particular. And for generator owners who who own some of these power plants, I think there was generally just a feeling that this is a more fair and accurate way to forecast what capacity will be available when needed during tight conditions. 
And frankly, I think that folks don't want a repeat of what happened last year when a lot of gas plant owners were penalized because they didn't provide electricity to the grid when they were supposed to. And so perhaps a more accurate reading of when these resources will be online will also make space for other more reliable generations to come online as well. So it's definitely a proposal that that has some strong backing, although there are other parts of the proposal as well that I think fossil fuel generators like, and that might be also part of the reason why they were happy to come on board for this. So some strong general support, but there is a part of this plan that is getting pushed back, and it's about the penalties generators may incur if they don't do their job during extreme weather events. Can you explain that part of the plan and what the concerns are? Yeah, so a quick background. Last year, after a huge chunk of PJM's power plant fleet just failed to show up when it was needed amid these emergency conditions, which is, again, the whole point of the capacity market is to pay generators to be available in these emergencies, PJM levied $1.8 billion in fines against power plant owners, which is really unheard of. And there has been some litigation over these charges, and a recent settlement agreement reduced penalties by about $600 million. But as you can imagine, this whole thing has been quite messy and expensive for the grid operator and the power plant owners. So what PJM is proposing is to limit how often generators can be penalized, which essentially is intended to lower the risk that a power plant owner would face some sort of serious financial loss or risk from an event like this. Environmental groups are concerned that that weakens any sort of motivation these generators would have to show up when needed. And the independent market monitor thinks that this is just continuing a penalty model that he says is clearly ineffective because it didn't prevent all this generation from going offline last winter. So there's definitely a bit of pushback on that proposal. Got it. And you say this may be the start of wider reforms PJM is looking at. What else is it considering? Right. So I'll start with saying that considering we only scratched the surface of this massive filing to begin with, I'm also going to caveat that I'm also only scratching the surface of what PJM could propose. But one reform that I heard about that I thought was interesting gets back to this capacity accreditation issue. So under PJM's current proposal, resource values are calculated based on their annual performance. But under a seasonal model, you would see a much different accreditation of resources based on their performance during the summer versus winter months, which are the two most demand-heavy times of year for the power grid. So again, what you would see is nuclear and coal would probably stay about the same, but resources like natural gas and solar, for instance, which don't perform as well in the winter, might see a lower payment and a lower value in the wintertime, while onshore wind and offshore wind, which perform really strongly in the winter, they could be assigned much higher values during those time periods where their performance is better. So it's really just another way to more accurately assign capacity to the resources that are most likely to perform best at the most critical times of the year. Also, today, the Biden administration is expected to announce an agreement with Venezuela to ease the sanctions the United States placed on the country's oil industry in return for an internationally monitored presidential election. That's what the Washington Post reported on Monday, citing two anonymous sources. The deal is expected to include an expiration date in case Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro does not follow through with a couple promises, 
One, to allow independent candidates to run in the country's presidential election in 2024, and the other to allow election experts and the international media to monitor it. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.